Hey y'all, this is Dr. Amber Thornton here with the Different Perspective Podcast. I am a clinical psychologist who is passionate about mental health, wellness, self-care, culture, diversity, and sharing all the ways I believe black communities, people of color, and other marginalized groups can live their very best lives. Just a disclaimer that while I love that you are listening to this podcast, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. I am not your psychologist, but I am committed to sharing what I know to assist you in living a very happy, healthy, and thriving life. So with that being said, let's get to it. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Amber Thornton here with the Different Perspective Podcast. How is everyone doing? Hopefully everybody is doing really well. Um, I'm happy to be recording. It's been a while since it's been just me on the podcast. Um, I didn't realize it's been so long, but I haven't been by myself on the podcast since May, and it is July. So it's been a while, so hopefully you all are happy to hear me on here with just myself. I'm a little nervous. I don't know why I feel nervous to record today, but... um, I'm sure it'll be fine. So either way, I'm really glad to be recording, glad to be talking to you all again. Um, I'm excited to be recording today. It feels like, I don't know why it's felt like it's been so long, but it has, and I'm excited to be back. Um, I hope that you all enjoyed the Black Male series that I did um, throughout June and part of July. I really enjoyed doing that. I was able to interview three black males in the mental health field and have them on the podcast for three consecutive episodes. So if either of you missed any of those episodes, you can always go back and listen to them. Um, There's a part one, two, and three. So go back, listen to those. Those were pretty dope. And um, again, I loved doing those conversations. I learned a lot of really new things with talking to each of the gentlemen. So it was cool. So I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I did. But now I'm back and I do have something that I want to talk about today. Um... Let's see if there's anything I want to update you all on. I don't know. Let's see. I think you all know. Well, if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you all know that I've recently moved. I am now in the DMV, um, DC, Maryland area. I know there's a thing where like people who are originally from DC, whenever you hear someone say DMV, you know that they're not really in DC, um, which is definitely the case for me. (laughs) I live in Maryland. Um going to be working in DC. My home is actually like five minutes outside of DC. It's pretty cool. Sometimes I'll be writing and all of a sudden I'm in DC and I didn't even realize that I would end up there. So I love my home, love this location. It was such a great move. I had a few of you all ask me how the move has been going and if I'm adjusted. I do feel adjusted. I the move was excellent like didn't have any major problems i've been settled in luckily i've had a lot of downtime because i didn't start work right away so i've just been able to like get my house together and settle in do some exploring meet up with some new friends do a lot of brunch so it's just been a really good couple of months i i feel like this is been one of the best decisions I could have ever made well 
my husband and I could have ever made was to move here. So I am so excited to just continue to settle in, to start working, to meet new people. So um, I know I said this a few episodes ago, but if anyone is in the area, um, especially mental health professionals or anyone interested in some of the things I talk about or I'm interested in, let me know. I would love to meet some new people, reach out. So um, yeah, the move has gone really well. So thanks for everybody who's been asking. So with that, let me talk about what I want to talk about today. So it was funny. Um, I every now and then talk about self-care, right? Because self-care is really important. Um, but then it dawned on me the other day, like, well, if self-care is so important, how come you haven't done a podcast episode on self-care yet? And I really didn't know how to answer that question. I don't know why I haven't done a podcast episode about self-care yet. Um, if anyone has checked out my website, I did do a 21-day self-care challenge, and that's still on my website at www.dramberthornton.com so what that challenge is is anyone who is wanting a boost in their self-care and really wanting to learn about what self-care can be and how to make it their own what you do is you go through this 21 day challenge and I have each day outlined with exactly what you would need to do so I will be sure to include that in the show notes um, for today's episode but I did that in 2017 I believe but just hadn't done a podcast episode about self-care so then a few days ago I have a friend D shout out to D hey girl um I was watching her Instagram stories and D right now is really into making self-care her own and doing what she needs to do to get her self-care together And I think she had an epiphany on her IG story, which was funny, but also great for me to hear. And what she was saying was like, you know, it's it's almost like self-care is doing what's good for you and not necessarily what feels good. And when she said it, I was like, yo, that is so true. And I think, you know, that little phrase of like self-care is what's good for you not necessarily what feels good it's so simple that I think it just goes over our heads sometimes we don't even realize that that's what self-care can be because I think you know many times we assume that self-care is like spa days or getting your nails done or you know treating yourself but That's not always what self-care is. And especially for people who are busy, for people who are parents, for people who don't have a lot of money, that's definitely not what self-care is. It's not treating yourself. It it can't be that. And so what I want to talk about today is, you know, what I believe, what Dr. Amber Thornton (laughs) believes self-care to be um, as far as the self-care essentials or the foundation of what one self-care should be so but to go back to Dee's IG story though she gave a really great example she was like she was like so I could eat a plate of nachos and it'll feel good but it's not necessarily good for me so that's not always self-care similarly exercising in the morning doesn't feel good right now but I know it's good for me so that is likely self-care and, and that it's so true. So what I'm here to say today is that the truth about self-care is really that it's not 
always going to feel good. (laughs) It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be pleasurable. But you'll be able to know that it's good for you, even in the moments when it doesn't feel good. You know, there are times where self-care can feel good and can be fun, but I would say that 70% of the time, self-care is going to feel like discipline. It's going to feel like work. It's going to feel like doing things that you don't really feel like doing, but you know you need to do them because it's going to make for a better day tomorrow or it's going to make for a better year, you know, a year from now. What I like to do is I like to think of self-care as an investment. So anytime that you do a (laughs) self-care, do a self-care. Anytime that you do a self-care, it's like an investment into your quality of life. But the thing is that these investments, they don't always yield returns right away. So you might be in a position where you're depositing in some self-care every day, but you won't feel the growth in your account for another five years or hopefully another year so that's how i like to think of self-care think of it as an investment into your quality of life bank it's an investment it's something that you you know is good for you so you keep doing it anyways and you do it consistently because you know that you're going to feel those returns and when you feel those returns they are going to be amazing i have a few more examples um and these examples really resonate with me So one is just eating well. You know, I think, of course it feels good to eat those donuts, right? That, who doesn't want the donuts? Who doesn't want the chocolate chip cookies? Who doesn't want the the chalk? All that. Who doesn't want that stuff? It feels good in the moment, but I don't know about y'all. With me right now and how my body is, I eat those things today. Tomorrow I will wake up and my body will be like, girl, you made a mistake. my head would hurt I'll feel lethargic my body doesn't process those things the same way that they used to when I was in my 20s so you know yeah eating those things feel good in the moment but they're not good for me so it might not be the best means of self-care but if today I eat this salad with all these really good veggies and these colorful things on it you know in the moment it might be like eh salad okay whatever but if i eat these salads consistently for the next year imagine how my body's gonna feel it's gonna feel amazing i'm gonna be running miles i'm gonna be not out of breath when i'm walking up the steps i'm gonna be out here shining like beyonce right and it's because that self-care was an investment and it was good for me even if in the moment it didn't feel good so Self-care is good for us. It's good for us. Another example is with ending toxic relationships. In the moment, the idea of ending a relationship that maybe you've had for a while but isn't good for you, it doesn't feel good to think about ending something like that. But it's likely good for you. So ending that relationship in the moment is going to feel really hard, but imagine how you're going to feel three years out. You're going to feel good. You're no longer going to have that toxicness in your relationship. You're no longer going to have to put up with someone or something that is putting you down or that you you can't grow from. So it's going to be better for you. So it's, it's good for you. With these examples, none of them feel good in the moment. They don't feel good right away. But 
they yield returns that are really strong and really powerful and really help invest into your quality of life. So with that, what I want to leave you with is my self-care essentials. So it's kind of like the starter pack of self-care. Like if you were saying, you know, Dr. Thornton, I don't really know what self-care is. I hear it a lot. I don't really haven't really bought into it yet I don't really know I thought it was bubble baths and spa days I'm trying to learn this is for you this is what I want you to start with in terms of building your self-care because these things that I'm going to give you they are the foundations of self-care so even if you never have a spa day even if you never go get your nails done you never go do the bubble bath thing As long as you're doing these things, your self-care for the most part is going to be covered. So I'm going to give you seven self-care essentials that I think are going to lay the foundation for your self-care. And I want y'all to take them, use them, implement them into your life. Number one is sleep. You need to be sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you're not taking care of yourself. Point blank, period. There's, I really don't have to say much else about that. Sleep. Sleep is one of the foundations of self-care. It's essential to your self-care. When we don't sleep, our brains don't function properly. Our bodies don't heal adequately. Our minds don't do what they're supposed to do. We need sleep. I would like for everyone to be getting at least seven to eight hours of sleep. I know that that's not always possible, but strive for that. Strive to get as much sleep as you can. Consider if there's some moments when you can take some naps or if on the weekends you can get some extra sleep. Make sure you're doing that. I don't want anyone cutting corners on their sleep. Sleep is essential. So sleep is the number one self-care essential. Number two, water. Our bodies are made up of a billion percent of water, right? (laughs) Well, not a billion, but I just forget the exact number, but it's a high amount. Our bodies are mostly water. Um, And we talked about this on one of the previous episodes when I brought Chef Kiva on. She, She talked about it being really important to hydrate your body because many of us probably know what it feels like to be dehydrated. It doesn't feel good. You feel foggy. You feel slow. Your body doesn't feel as good. You feel tired. We need to hydrate our bodies. And so what I would like for everyone to do is set a goal to drink a certain amount of water a day. For me, my goal is 100 ounces a day. I don't always get to 100 ounces every day, but having that goal helps to keep me accountable to be drinking water. Most days I probably get about 75 to 90 ounces of water a day. But either way, make sure you're drinking your water. It's like your life juice. I call water life juice all the time because everyone needs it. And if we don't have it, our bodies die, our cells die. So. We need water. Water is an essential self-care. So, number two is water. Number three, healthy eating. So, like I just said previously, I just can't eat the same things that I used to eat in college. I remember back in the day when I was in early 20s, I could go out with my friends and then we would go get some McDonald's at like three in the morning, eat that, wake up. I was doing all types of stuff, eating cookies and cakes and all this stuff. I can't do that anymore. Um, I probably was never supposed to be doing it anyways. But point is that, you know, I've shifted into a place where 
eating well is really, really important for me and for my body, and it is definitely my top self-care. And so that's why I threw this in here. Number three, healthy eating. I think the things that we put into our bodies, if they are not good, if they are not of quality, if they aren't full of nutrients, they're not going to be good for us. So, but when we are giving our bodies things that are full of nutrients, that have beautiful colors, that are fresh, that um, will treat our bodies well, we will feel good. So I want you all to be thinking, how can you start to adapt your eating to be a little bit more healthy? And this doesn't have to be something that you drastically change overnight. It might just be, you know, every day you drink a soda with your lunch, maybe a few days of the week, don't drink a soda, drink some water instead. Just gradual substitutions like that. Or maybe instead of the cookie, try the fruit. Or instead of the burger, get the salad. Or instead of the, uh, I can't think of another example. But you, you get the point. You get what I'm saying. And so just gradually work on ways that you can start to give your body a little bit more nutritious foods. You'll feel a lot better. So that is number three. Number four of the self-care essentials is exercise. This is also something that's really important for me um, because I've had a lot of downtime. I've, I've been working out every day. Um, I might give myself a break on Saturday or Sunday, but during the week I've been working out a lot. I've also been running, which has been great. Um, but for me, it really helps me feel good about my body it helps my body to be strong but it also helps my mind too i feel sharp i feel motivated i feel inspired when i'm able to work out in the day so i want everyone to be thinking how can i get a little bit more physical activity into my days because this is a self-care essential it's really important for our bodies to receive some sort of physical activity or some sort of conditioning because we want our hearts to be strong we want our blood to circulate properly we want our muscles to be strong so we get all of that through physical activity and through conditioning our body and especially as we go through the aging process it's going to be even more important that in our earlier parts of life we have really conditioned our bodies to to be strong and to be healthy we're gonna appreciate that when we are in our 50s 60s 70s so this is the time now it goes back to what i was saying an investment an investment in your 20s and 30s to exercise now is gonna feel really good when you become older so that was number four number five is quiet time so i wanted to make this broad enough because Quiet time can can look different for anybody, but I think some form of quiet time is good for everybody. For me, quiet time often is meditation. Um, lately, I sit for about 12 to 15 minutes a day and, and just meditate. For some people, quiet time is just sitting by themselves and reading a book. Some people, it's prayer. For some people, it is reading devotionals. For some people, it is just sitting in silence. So I think everyone needs that time just to be with themselves. You know, I think 
it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It can maybe just be two, five minutes a day, but everybody needs that time because we need to allow our brains to just calm and to relax and to not have to process anything. And we need that time to be with ourselves. And so I, I find that to be really healthy, really healing for people, especially for people who are really stressed, for people who are having some anxiety and some depression too, quiet time is really good. So. Find a way to implement that into your days as well. Number six, social and emotional support. So with this, it's like, okay, what about your friends? <laughs> Where are they? Who's your community? Who are the people that you can go to if you need something? Even if it's just one person, everybody needs somebody. Everyone needs a person that they can go to. Everyone needs someone that they can connect with or they can relate to. This doesn't have to even be an in-person connection. It can be online or it can be a phone call. Whatever it is, I think we all need somebody. We are social people. We're not meant to be in isolation. And so it's really good to be connected to some sort of supports or emotional supports, whether it be a family member, whether it be a parent, whether it be a child, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a friend, a coworker, um, whether it be a social group, anything. Just make sure that you're connecting with others. That's really, really important. And then the last thing on my self-care essentials list is some pleasure. So I know that I I just said that self-care doesn't always feel good, but that doesn't mean that we have to throw out everything that feels good. What we have to do is throw out this concept that self-care always feels good because it's not true. But sometimes self-care can feel good. And so it's good for all of us to have some sort of pleasure. We don't need to indulge in our pleasures. So for instance, if you want some cake, don't eat the whole cake. <laughs> but just get a slice of cake, right? Or if you want to go out and have a few drinks, don't drink all the drinks, but maybe have one or two drinks, right? Because those things give us pleasure. They're fun. And everybody needs that, especially for people like us. I'm assuming I'm talking to people who are kind of like me and we're busy, we're focused, we're driven, we're, we're always going. We need some pleasure too. So make sure that you factor in some sort of pleasure into your life, whether it be on a weekly basis or monthly basis, do something fun because you also deserve that. So I hope that these are helpful. I really want y'all to take this seriously because self-care is essential. Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is not turning our backs on other people. Self-care is so important and I want everybody to start doing this a little bit more for themselves in this year. I'm so happy that you're listening to A Different Perspective podcast. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast so you'll always be up to date with all the new episodes. You can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Also, please do head over to iTunes to give me a review. This just helps the podcast become more visible and it lets other people know that it's dope. And reach out to me. I love hearing from all of you, and I really want to know who you are, how you're doing, and what you'd like to hear from me. So hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them, at Dr. Amber Thornton. You can also email me at podcast at dramberthornton.com.
All right, y'all, it's time for a different perspective. And as you know, this is just my time to talk about whatever is on my mind to give my perspective about it. And the one thing that has been on my mind lately, and some of you might have noticed if you follow me on IG um, or Twitter, uh, side note, I have recently fallen in love with IG stories. I think I'm late. I think everybody was already on it and then I was like okay let me just try it and I tried it and I love it now so I be on there all the time so make sure you check out my IG stories if you haven't um because it'll just give you a little glimpse into my days and what I think about what I like to talk about things like that but either way if some of you have noticed that lately my stories have been about womanist and feminist topics and you know, that is something that's important to me, but it's becoming even more important and relevant to me, which is kind of, it's good. It's good for me. I, I feel like it's important for me to start really thinking about womanhood and what it means for me to be a woman in 2018, a black woman specifically um, in my 30s, what that's about. I, I've been thinking about it a lot. And the thing that I really want to, to say about that is that, you know, I don't want the black community to be left out of these conversations about um, gender. Because what I've noticed is that there are a lot of conversations about gender happening around us. I, I've, I hear a lot of podcasts about masculinity, um, of course, we know that the Me Too movement happened. Um, we're seeing women think of themselves a lot differently. And so there's this big movement happening where gender norms, gender expectations for both men and women are changing. Some of the roles are blurring. Some of the restrictions are 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 breaking you know we are kind of liberating ourselves from these ideas of what it means for someone to be a woman or a man or those ideas are shifting and changing and I don't want people of color to be left out of these things because I think that these changes are good for us in our communities I think we really need them I think that this is becoming more relevant for me um just on a personal note, some of you know I recently got married. Um, actually, it'll be a year in October, so time goes really, really fast. Um, so I've been married for nine months, and I think with being married and being a woman, there are a lot of expectations that society puts on you about what it means to be a wife um, or to have a husband um, for women who are heterosexual. I think there's expectations about what you should do in your marriage. I think there's a lot of expectations around children and when and how and what you'll do with children. There's just a lot of expectations and I haven't really felt these things as much previously, but I feel them now and it's kind of awakened something in me that has made me realize I don't want these messages I don't want to internalize these messages I don't want to feel like I have to be doing something just because I am a, a married woman now I don't want that pressure you know what I've noticed is that I am a very different wife than a lot of other wives I'm, I'm not traditional um, I didn't change my name I don't plan on changing my name I don't cook I don't 
do all the cleaning. I don't do my husband's laundry. I'm not, you know, there's just a lot of things that I don't fit the boxes. And sometimes that makes me feel inadequate. It makes me feel like, well, maybe I'm not doing this well enough because I'm not doing it like her. And society says that the way she does it is what a good wife looks like and I'm not doing any of those things and so it makes me feel like sometimes I'm not enough or I'm not doing it good enough and I I don't think I'm alone in this I think a lot of women feel that you know whether they're married or not there are certain expectations that society places on us and when we don't do those things or when we're doing them differently it can make us feel like we are not doing it good enough or we're not doing it well enough or we're not woman enough and and that is so false it's so far from the truth I think the same can be said about manhood you know we touched on this a little bit in the previous episodes when I talked to Dr. Niff Lee with Dr. Earl Turner and also when we talked to Philip Roundtree um, we touched on you know the expectations for men and you know a lot of times there are some men now who don't fit those roles and expectations and it can make them feel like they are not man enough or they're not doing it good enough. Um, You know, I could say the same about my husband. You know, there are certain things that he does in our home that many men don't. Or there are certain things in our marriage that, you know, for other men who are more traditional might look at him and say, well, I would have never put up with that because I'm a man. So, these things are shifting and and shifting in really big ways and I don't want us to get caught up in feeling like we are not enough or inadequate because we're not doing what society tells us. I, I want us to continue to stretch and to expand and broaden our ideas of what it means to be a man or a woman or to have a certain gender. These things don't need to be as restrictive as they used to be when our parents and our grandparents were growing up. They just don't have to be. And I I think of this a lot now too for if I have children one day, I want my kids to be free. I don't want my kids to feel like, oh, I can't do that because it's for boys or I can't do that because it's just for girls. That's not true. That's not the kids I want to raise. And I, I feel like for a lot of people, in our generation, the millennial generation, we're having the same feelings and conversations of, we don't wanna raise our children with those same restrictive norms. We don't wanna raise our children with those same limiting ideas about what it means to be a boy or a girl. So that's why I don't want us to be left out in these conversations. I want us to keep talking about what it means in our communities and black communities or other communities of color for our gender norms to to shift and for things to change so for women what i think about a lot is you know i think i really want women to let go of some of these unreasonable expectations that society puts on us and they're things like you know we can't be flawed it's okay to be flawed. We are all flawed in some type of way. We don't have to be perfect. You know, it's okay to be flawed. It's okay to be strong. It's okay to be a breadwinner. It's okay to not be strong. It's okay to not be a breadwinner. Like everything is okay. You know, it's okay to not be everything to everybody. And this is definitely for black women. We feel like we have to be 
the 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 thing for everybody we have to be able to take care of everyone and ourselves and that is just too much i don't know about y'all but i can't do it <laughs> i can't do it i can barely take care of myself sometimes and so it's okay to not feel like you can do it all just because we saw our, our grandmothers and our mothers do it a time is changing and, and and now it's okay to say you know what i need some help and it is okay and that doesn't make me any less of a woman to need help it's okay to not want kids. It's okay to not want to get married. It's okay to put up boundaries around all these things that society feels like we need to be doing. But one of the, the real ones I wanted to say is that it's okay for women to put themselves first. And this is why the self-care essentials is really important, especially for us as women, because society tells us that we have to put everybody else first except for ourselves. And so me in my life, I am radically changing that concept because I'm always putting myself first. I'm always putting myself first because that is important to me. And I know that I can't show up for other people if I haven't shown up for myself first. So women it's okay to put yourself first because you can then be better for other people if you have taken care of yourself first for men what i think this means is that it means continually to broaden and stretch and stretch your ideas of what it means to be a man so men it's okay to talk with other men about other things other than sports like it's okay to talk about how your relationships are going it's okay to talk about not feeling well it's okay to talk about insecurities with other men it's really healthy to do it's okay to feel love <laughs> you know and i say that it sounds silly but you know for some men masculinity means being tough and not showing when you're in love and not showing that you care about somebody but guess what that just means you're human. It's okay to be loved. It's okay to feel love. It's okay to express love as a man. It's okay to not be the breadwinner in your household. You know, that's not the end all be all for your masculinity and your manhood. And you don't have to put that pressure on yourself to do that. It's okay to cry. It's okay to not always feel strong. And it's okay to not be in charge. <laughs> I, I think that's also a big one in society. We always feel like the men has to be the head or the man has to be in charge, but not always, not always. And that is okay. It is okay. But one thing I really wanted to say, it's okay as a man for you to call out other men on misogyny and sexism. We actually need that. We need more men to do that. And I think previously society has told us that when you do something like that, that it's not cool, it's not respected, it means that you're gay or that you, um, you're you not a man. But we now know in 2018 that that's false and we don't have to subscribe to those things anymore. So it's okay to call other men out on their bullshit. It's okay to call men out on sexism and misogyny. Please do it and do it more, do it often. But I think with you know, this idea of our community not being left out of the changes in gender norms and gender expectations. What I, I really want us to be open to is the changes that we're going to see in each other, right? So I think sometimes, you know, we're all for like, okay, I'm going to make these changes. Gonna, it's going to help me feel good. But then when we see the other person making the changes, we are not always as accepting 
of that. And I think we really need to think about that. For example, you know, women, if we are going to commit to making some of these changes to liberate ourselves from these restrictive norms about what it means to be a woman, we also have to be accepting and open when men do the same. And vice versa. Men, if you're going to be like, all right, look, I'm going to start talking to my boys about my problems. I'm going to start, you know, taking care of myself or whatever. You also have to be open to the idea of women not being locked and tied down into those previous gender norms too. We have to be accepting of the changes that we're going to see in each other. And it's going to be rocky because we're all making changes and this is all new for us, but it's good for us. It it doesn't feel good in the moment, but it's good for us. It's a self-care essential. (laughs) So, for example, you know, men need to be okay if a woman doesn't want to have children. And men need to realize that, you know, this doesn't make her less of a woman. She is a woman living her truth. Or, you know, women need to be okay if men need to cry. You know, we keep saying that, you know, we want men to have emotions and express emotions and be affectionate, but we can't go tear them down when they are upset and crying about something. It's healthy. We need to be okay with them doing that. Men need to be okay with women no longer being traditional. And women also need to be okay with men no longer being traditional, right? So, for example, I can't be mad if I'm not going to cook if my husband doesn't want to take out the trash, right? Like, it just doesn't work. I can't be mad at him for not wanting to take out the trash if I'm not going to cook. Because we're both liberating ourselves from these restrictive norms. What we're going to do instead is we're going to have a conversation about, okay, well, what, what do you want to do? And what do I want to do? And this is how we're going to make it work. This is how we're going to make sure that our household runs effectively. And you don't have to do this thing because you're the man. I don't have to do this thing because I'm the woman. We're going to come together and figure it out as a team. Because that's what we are. We're a team. So that's what's been on my mind. But I'm really, really, really curious to know how you all have been thinking about this. How you've been navigating this. Have you been having similar conversations or have you been hearing conversations being had about changes in gender norms and expectations if so let me know i want to hear from you hit me up on ig twitter email me either way reach out because i want to know all right well it was really good talking with you all today and i'm excited to talk to you again and to also hear from you too all right bye